755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic, and I'm with my co-host as usual, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's going on out in Seattle, Eric? What up, Dave? Not much, man. Same well, old, same I was hoping old. I was hoping we'd have a little bit more to talk about as far as advancing negotiations between the union and uh, MLB owners, but it seems like they're at a bit of a standstill since that uh, they, they exchanged the proposal last week, uh, since they sent the union the proposal last week, and uh, because the union is pretty entrenched in its stance of we're not taking further pay cut than the prorated salaries, and so far the owners have not come back with a counterproposal. So it is what it is. You know, basically a week, as, as Fulte said, every day that goes past – Fulty last week on the podcast said every day that passes is one you know less day to get this done. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think they still got they still got some time now because yeah. they weren't talking. The players are getting ready, so if they said, yeah, you know, they we are. need you there next week, they'll be right. there. Uh, Good I don't, point. I don't. Everybody's itching, but you know, I was thinking about it. This this stuff's been brewing for a while between the the, the players' association and and you know the owners after yeah. the last agreement. It's almost like now is kind of a trial run and, and a good time to kind of dig their feet in and, and kind of test out how serious the other side is because, <coughs> you know, everybody's losing right now regardless. You know, it, it, and if it turned into a full-blown strike or it turned into whatever it turns into, it's it's only half a season they're losing at this this point on both sides because they've already lost half. Uh, and I, I just think it's it's getting to that point where it's like, you know, there's going to be really, really rough uh, negotiations with the next CBA anyway, and it seems like they're just mm-hmm. kind of giving a little trial run and seeing how it goes right now. As Fulty said last week when he said this, like this is like a mock trial of that, of the CBA. Yeah, it is. It, it really feels like it. Yeah. Agreeing on the testing and all the safety protocols, that's going to be hard enough. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> the, the uh, owner sent them 67-page document on Friday night which yeah. will go over in a while. The Athletic got a copy of that. Kenny Rosenthal and Evan Trilock got a copy of that with all the details. But that's going to be hard enough, I think, to, to agree to that. But even harder, the more contentious challenge for MLB and the and the Players Association is, as Fulte told us last week, it's going to be about the money. Like almost every other dispute or negotiation between these two sides is usually about the money one way or the other. That's what it comes down to. Uh, and specifically, how much are players entitled to make or can expect to make, should expect to make in a shortened 2020 season? Because they said, you know, in the agreement, the, the union and the owners agreed in March in their discussions when this thing got shut down. Uh, the, the players think that that should be the end of the discussion when they agreed to take prorated salaries this year. So in other words, getting paid by the game. So if there's half a season, they get half their salaries. And they think it should that's where it should stand. But they're arguing that the players should take further reductions in pay because of that than what they agreed to in March, the prorated salary thing. But I mean, really, Eric, if you think about it, didn't the owners have enough foresight in March to know that if these games were going to be played this season, there was a good chance that most, if not all the season, they wouldn't be fans in the stands? Or did they think that fans were magically going to be permitted in the stands once the, you know, in a month or two from that point? I mean, it didn't sneak up on them, but that—that's, no. I think, why they put that little. Um, mm-hmm. I guess in the in the agreement, it says that they will that both parties 
we'll discuss in good faith the economic feasibility right. of playing games in the absence of spectators. And right. I think the, the key word is good faith because, you know, the trust has just been gone for so long yeah. between the two sides. It's already been getting ugly. Uh, but they put that in there, man. And, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but that's where things get tricky. You know, if little, little, I mean, stuff that's kind of up for discussion or, or, yeah. you know, translation like that, it, it could work in their favor. I don't know, but they put it in there. So it's going mean, to be, a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a hurdle. We knew when this virus hit and the NBA and MLB suspended everything. And, and they were talking about playing March Madness without fans. We knew at that point that that was the only way things were going to go forward was without fans. They briefly talked about doing that in baseball and then they shut it all down. Um, so, I mean, I don't think anybody that would talk to health authorities at that point would have said a month from now, two months from now, this thing will be gone and we'll be able to have fans back streaming back into the stands. I I, don't, I just can't imagine that they actually thought that was going to be the case. But No, but that's why you slip something like that yeah. in there. You know, it's kind of a backdoor out in case, yeah. you know, it's looking way worse or uglier than you expect. And then you can look you can look pretty good and have an agreement on the table and have things done and not have a big old big old ordeal over it, you know. So, but little stuff like that. I mean, it's it's always up for interpretation. But regardless, I mean, they they agree. The owners agreed on a proposal to pay players prorated salaries, and I think it's I think it's a bit unfair of them for now to ask the players to take even more of a reduction than that. But I know it's hard for for regular people like myself who have normal salaries to empathize with either with either side, frankly. But I just think you know the owners. It, they make they make a lot of money on these franchises, and it might be the one exception, the time they have to just suck it up a little bit more than they want to and go forward with this thing for the greater good, you know? I mean, you're not going to shut down the whole sport because the players won't take an additional, you know, whatever the pay cut they want them to do. No, and I think that – I think they're probably prepared to do that, but yeah. like we were talking about a, a couple episodes ago, you know, haggling – it, yeah. it makes a difference. And, and that's all this is, man. It's just negotiations and it's just business. And, it, you know, it's, it sucks to, I'm sure it sucks to hear people talking about, you know, I don't, I don't want to make only 2 million this year. I'm supposed right, to make right. seven, you know, yeah. you can't yeah. ever expect that to come out of a yeah. player's mouth and anyone to feel sorry for it. But, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that it's all out there in the public and, and you wish that, you know, it could just be done behind closed doors, but it, it is an owner's best interest to, to float all this because then it's the players turning it down. And then you have a guy like um, Ian Snell saying, or Blake Snell, you know, Blake Snell said all the stuff he said and he, you know, he had some good points. It's just not well. You got to be more diplomatic (laughs) about it. You know, it's like, you can't be saying, I'm going to get mine. I'm getting mine. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm not playing if I'm not getting mine. You know, that's the type of stuff they're hoping happens because it, it, it makes the players look bad, but you know, I'm, in in my mind, that the player's best move is just to hide behind whether it's about money or not. You hide behind the health thing, and you just say, you know, I'm worried about my health. I don't know if we can go out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think it's safe. Uh, if it's as far as you know, the best move, PR wise, if every player just plays that card, whether it's about it or not, um, that forces the league's hand a lot more than going out and saying, I got to get my money. I'm not taking a discount. Yeah, yeah. I got to get mine. <laughs> it's like, dude, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, no good. <laughs> Shut it down. 
delete, oh. uh, disconnect. <laughs> I, I could have envisioned. I bet if the people out there, if they if they were given the fifty uh, options on who would say that quote, I, I doubt any of them would say Blake Snell. <laughs> but now no. we know about Blake Snell, don't we? Yeah. If you haven't heard him talk before, you're in for a fun ride each time. But <laughs> uh, you know, he wasn't like he said. He said. His point, you know, the message underneath it was, it was just I'm the taking language. a big risk here, too. It's yeah. just the presentation wasn't the I'm best. I'm going to get mine. <laughs> but I don't think he cares. You know, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that if you're still talking like that at 25 to 30 years old, you obviously don't. Yeah. You, know, you don't care what people think of you. And he does have a team friendly contract. Very. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I know. I know that. But one other thing is the owners need to never forget that the players are the game. It's not them. It's the players. So in a battle of the billionaire owners and the millionaire players between the wealth, the super wealthy and the merely rich, it, is it really that essential that the players absorb exactly as much of the pain in, of the lost revenue as do the owners? No. And, and I think, you know, you've seen over the past few years that the revenue has gone up and player salaries have kind of leveled out. So it's yeah. not like gone down. A, last year a lot of people, average. yeah, have gone down. So a lot of people made that argument. And I think it's a good one that, you know, as the game kind of, you know, revenue skyrocketed, you know, the last however many years, um, it wasn't like anyone was reaching out to the players saying like, Hey, I think you guys deserve a bigger cut of this. You know, it's, it's yeah. always business. It's always about money and it's, it's ugly, man. There's, there's no way to sugarcoat it. And, you know, and, and I know I've, whenever I've said in the past about players, when you take kind of a pro player side in any kind of these negotiations, yeah. you talk about how short player careers are or the risks that they take with health and all that. You get some people will say the owners take risk. They take financial risk. I'm like, okay, well, in this one rare instance, they actually are <laughs> at risk. At risk. And, <laughs> and, and for once, they're not making hundreds of millions of dollars and they're yeah. actually losing money. So, okay, if you take the risk, here it is for one year. <laughs> yeah. Suck yeah. it up. I, you know, it's like the, I think the Royals just sold for a billion dollars or yeah. something like that. It's, there's, it's it's probably the best investment you could possibly make, and this is the only threat to it. Really, is is some kind of yeah. pandemic or something that that shuts down sports completely. But that's I mean I can't think of any other risk right now. Owning a maybe sports a player team. strike that shuts down it for half a season, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. But but yeah, this is it took something to, to the. It's been a quarter of a century since we even had a shortened season, and this is the first time ever for something like this, other than a player strike. So, you know. Um, <laughs> and it shut down everything, you know, and, but everything. like you said, people that, that say the owners take risks, they're not looking at what franchises cost when people buy them and what they get when they sell them, because the turnaround, whether it's MLB, NFL, even NBA franchises now, they make such a ridiculously huge profit. You're talking about, you just mentioned the Royals. The Marlins and the Royals, as shitty as they've been most years, they each won a World Series recently. The Marlins won two in the last, you know, twenty. Well, it's been a while. 20, yeah, it's been twenty-three years, and in, in most of the years between those, they were terrible. And the Royals, same way, they won one, and you know, in the other thirty, uh, twenty-nine of those thirty years, they've been bad. So anyway, those two franchises, and neither one draws great. The Marlins draw terrible. They were sold for one over one billion dollars with a B. Yeah. So they're making their owners made exponential uh, profits when they sold. So there's ain't a whole lot of risk involved in owning the pro sports franchise with all the revenues now from broadcasting, how they're shared, internet revenues, licensing, all that. 
I mean, you don't even have to win or draw big crowds to make money. Well, that's the thing is you've had so many teams tanking and and basically saying, you know, the message has been, we don't get our money from seats in the sand, butts in the seats. You know, it's, it's been that way that that's been something that's dispensable is you, you, we, you know, it's, it's profitable. It's, it's better to lose for three or four years and, and draw terrible and then have a cheap, um, you know, a f- winning team or, or at least decent team down the road. But teams have been sacrificing butts in the seats on purpose. Not all the teams, but plenty of them. You know, it's been a thing that's been going on for, for years now. And that's one of the things that the unions have been pissed about. You know, it's, it's, it's been, they've been they've been frustrated that teams aren't trying harder to compete and trying harder to put butts in the seats and and now there's going to be none and, and all of a sudden it's this huge problem and and I get it that obviously that is a source of income but there's there's so much other stuff going on it's I guess it's just it's hard for for the for the player side for for people on that side to really believe that that the books are going to be that bad this year and if they are then just open them up and prove it right but that right. never happens never. Uh, As Kenny and and Evan wrote in The Athletic today, it seems almost unfathomable that an economic dispute might prevent a season from occurring, but the parties currently are entrenched in their positions. The union believes a resolution already is in place, while the league is yet to offer an alternative. So it's been almost a week since the sides met on Zoom last week, and so far no one's budged. Um, Go ahead. It's Well, I've gotten word that they they haven't even made the, the real proposal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's been discussions, but they haven't even sent over the real proposal to the to the union yet or, or made it official. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just a big game of chicken, you know, but I think there's so much to lose by not playing. It's just such an opportunity because you spent look at all this stuff that's been going on, trying to grow the game, trying to make it under three hours. You know, if if you're trying so hard to maybe move the mound back or or. <laughs> changing all these yeah. rules with relievers and and doing all these little things to speed up the game to just slightly possibly get a few more people interested in it. And now you got this opportunity to have the whole world watching because you're the only sport playing in the United States. It, it's such a huge opportunity. I can't see it not happening. But I, I also don't see any reason for the game of chicken to end before the last possible minute because both sides have so much to gain from it. Yeah. If they, if they win, you know, I mean, it's every, every inch matters. We're hearing the same kind of distrust like you talked about that's emanating from both sides that we've heard in the past, particularly when the CBAs are coming up, and it's coming up in a year, year and a half. Uh, but this time there's urgency to this current situation, real urgency, because if the sides can't come to an agreement relatively soon, say by uh, you know first week of June, then it's going to be too late to have any semblance of kind of a representative season and enough playoff games to make the broadcast revenues offset a lot of the losses which they will do. I mean, if they can play a big postseason, more postseason games than usual, the broadcast revenues are going to be huge because there's not people – I mean, look what people watched – how many people watched uh, The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, for, for, for five straight Sundays. Yeah, people are staying up till 2 a.m. to yeah. watch baseball in Korea. Exactly. <laughs> like, people are desperate for sports. I mean, there's a lot. there's a lot to gain by playing right now. Speaking of, I watched. I actually watched the game the other morning. It was up at like five. Don't ask me why I was up. But um, Tucker, the one, the Tucker that the Braves had, the lesser yeah, of the two Tucker, Preston Tucker. Yeah, Preston Tucker that played in left field until Acuna was until they had enough Acuna service time to make he sure raked, he had didn't he? Year. Yeah, he had three doubles and a homer and seven <laughs> ribbies in a game. 
Yeah, see ya. <laughs> and the University <laughs> of Florida ready. coach, they happen to have the UF coach on the, uh, doing a live uh, interview during the game who coached Tucker. You know, Tucker went to the same high school as uh, as uh, 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 Alfonso. Really? P- I'm, I'm sorry. As Pete Alonzo. Alonzo, yeah. Alonzo with the Mets. They went to the same high school. I didn't know that until a coach said that. The two Tuckers, I think, went to different high schools, though. But this one went to the same high school as Alonzo. Um, anyway, so the owners and the players are, are going to take, obviously, f- serious financial hits if there's no season. I mean, they're going to take hits Everybody's getting hit no matter what. But, but if there's no season, the amount of money they're talking about between the prorated salaries the players could make and the owners agreed to pay and the additional pay cuts, uh, that's all going to seem like cutting off one's nose to spite his face if they, if they can't come to an agreement and play at all, you know? Just yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, kind of what I was saying earlier, though, is this is the if there was going to be a strike or a holdout or something with everything that's already lost on this year, it's it's almost the time to do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. from but, from both sides, if you're going to hold out and play this game, you know, there's there's already so much taken that the, the only thing that I I really think that you know matters is is just the exposure aspect of it and getting the game out there. There's so yeah. much to gain for both sides in, in that area, but I don't it's know, so man. I mean, it's, it's 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 so much to lose, regardless. If you strike, but, if you if it's painted as a player strike, right? And people go, how? But that's dare the only the way it'll be painted. Strike, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no other way it'll be painted than that. The language you were talking about that the owners put into that uh, that agreement they reached in March. The language, the exact <laughs> words were, the union does not think it should. Dis- uh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Union does not think it should discuss sacrifice and additional pay until the league demonstrates its financial distress mm. with hard evidence. Never mind the idea of a 50-50 rep. That's just where we are right now, was Evan was writing. But the language in the phrase was a requirement that the parties, quote, will discuss in good faith the economic yeah. feasibility of playing games in the absence of spectators, unquote. So, yeah, they give themselves a lot of wiggle room there. Yeah, and that's that's why that's in there, you know. But it, yeah. like you said, you know, it it'll absolutely be be painted as a player strike, and and the players are going to look bad in this, you know, if if they don't play. But I, I kind of think it's about. I've seen a lot of people mention it. It's about the fear of that that second wave, you know. Maybe right. maybe you know, even if they didn't open up their books, or maybe if they're not getting killed, if everything goes as planned, the, the owners are kind of trying to protect against the. You know, because all the revenue comes in that that um, the playoffs and the playoff yeah. money, the playoff TV money is huge revenue, right? And if the playoffs wind up getting shut down, it's a kind of way to hedge their bet and not by a second wave of COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah, by I a second wave of COVID nineteen. Right. Yeah, sorry, um, but right. yeah, I mean, if that's probably down. that that makes a lot of sense that that's what they're protecting themselves yeah. against. Because if they paid full salaries and then then yeah. didn't get that second wave. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. But Especially if they pay prorated salaries for half a season and then the yeah. second wave came and wiped out the postseason, <laughs> yeah. which is where they plan to make all the broadcast revenues. Yes. A lot of them. Yeah, and that makes sense. Ultimately, the commissioner has, Manfred has the, has the hammer in that he is permitted to simply cancel the seasons if, season if the players refuse to accept a further cut in pay. But he's, gonna, he's obviously going to look very bad if he does that. So will the players. Everybody's going to look terrible. Yeah. You you look bad regardless when something like this is going on and people losing their jobs and homelessness yeah. is going up and all the unemployment. And you're you're bitching about you know taking a pay cut from two million down to nine hundred thousand or the leagues talking about you know we're not making a billion this year we're making seven hundred million like there's so much money in the game that yeah 
everybody's going to look greedy and terrible, but they still got to kind of see it through. The owners say that paying the players prorated salaries in an 82-game season without fans in the seats would be cash losses of $4 billion, which the union is really skeptical about, to say the least, and they want to see all the financial information. Like no one is holding it. their breath, yeah, in anticipation of the owners opening their books because they just never, they never do, they never have. I here, don't think they should, if you know, for the their th- side. Here's, here's the thing, though: this mess, this stoppage of play, and the far more serious effects that the uh, the COVID nineteen is having on our way of life, it couldn't have hit at a worse time as far as the the little world of the negotiations between MLB owners and players, right? For the CBA is concerned. I mean, it's just. Throws a huge wrench into that whole thing, which that expires December first, two twenty twenty one. The next CBA or this CBA? Yeah, so there's one season left, uh-huh. and it was already going to be ugly. Yeah, the sides didn't get anywhere when they had the kind of they had that kind of unprecedented d- d- discussions in the middle of the of the uh, current CBA in order to try yeah. to you know get things done before the next one before this one expired, and they got nowhere in those discussions in 2019. No, and you know, like the union's been trying to prove collusion for however many years. Um, but this was back a few years ago. Um, a lot of guys were getting the same exact offer from a lot of different teams, yeah. and they thought teams had kind of agreed on some kind of formula, but they they can't prove it. You know, yeah. they haven't been able to prove any of that. You know, the tanking thing, um, the luxury tax has been used as uh, basically a hard salary cap. Even teams like the Yankees and Red Sox aren't are are doing everything they can. I mean, trading like a guy like Mookie Betts to get under it and things like that. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's already been so ugly that this couldn't come at a worse time. You know, if the CBA had just been agreed to and and everything was pretty and and both sides were happy with it, it'd be one thing, but it was already so ugly. And I think, you know, Tony Clark, especially, I don't think he feels too good about uh, his first run through with a CBA. He's got something to prove right now, so yeah. you know the union's going to fight even harder. It's it's not like they wouldn't if if he didn't do well, but um, there's just there's so much on the line well, for we'll everybody. Get in, we'll get into some of these uh, specifics and this the, some pretty crazy stuff in the protocols, like no spitting and sunflower seeds and all that. We'll get into that in a second. Just one other thing: the uh, like you said, the players, the agents, uh, they're, they're they've made the point that if the league was satisfied when with the system when times were good and the profits were kind of rolling in. Why should the players make more of a sacrifice and accept a second reduction in salary now that the circumstances are worse? Uh, and they have a point. I mean, the owners didn't, you, as you mentioned, the owners didn't give the players bonus checks in those years where attendance was booming, advertising and broadcast digital revenues were all beyond expectations, uh, you know, and they were making more money than they thought they would make. They didn't give the players a bonus check. So Levin, yeah. Seth Levinson, did you see his quotes? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good point. You know, it's, it's hard to argue with that one. He's a he's with the Aces Group. He's a big time agent. He represents Charlie Blackman, Carlos Carrasco, a bunch of other guys. He said the league essentially has violated the players' good faith. And his quote was, uh, in the story uh, to Ken Rosenthal, his quote was: "In each of the last four seasons, tanking was prevalent, and clubs violated the sacred bond with its fans to put the most competitive team on the field." With about half of the clubs bidding on the full complement of free agents, the volume of players overwhelmed the demand. The consequence was that players' values declined, the middle class was vanquished, and players' careers were shortened, and MLB gained a greater share of the financial pie. Ouch. That's uh, so why players need to let their agents speak for them. Because he, he, the way he delivered that is, is so much cleaner yeah. than some of the other messages you've seen out there. And he wasn't done. He said, in fact, as industry revenues have risen, 
The average major league salary has declined for two consecutive years. The Royals, with the fourth lowest attendance in the game, were sold for $1 billion in November. Now, after four seasons of success through tanking, MLB's position is that playing without fans is a financial catastrophe. There you go. Yeah, I was, that was a little better than most of the players. I'm going to get mine. <laughs> <laughs> is, he, uh, is he Snell's agent, maybe? I don't, I don't think so, no. I think that would have been pointed out. <laughs> I'll just say this, a nation with unemployment approaching the Great Depression levels and COVID-19 deaths now approaching 100,000 in this nation doesn't want to hear about owners and players squabbling over millions of dollars. Uh, You know, at least most people just want to be able to sit back, fans sit home and watch some damn baseball on TV. And the ratings would be huge like we've talked about. Owners know this. Baseball will look so much better in the eyes of fans if they can just get this thing going around July 4th, you know, so Americana, and play a half season or so of games and then a big old postseason tournament that could run until around Thanksgiving if the playoff of the World Series are played in neutral site, warm weather cities, or dome stadiums. I mean, there's a whole lot to be gained. Yeah, I, I really – I mean, and I want to watch some baseball myself. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just – it's. It's something I miss this time of year. Just sitting yeah. back and watching a baseball game. It's it's such good entertainment. It's 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 just part of life at this point, and it's just gone. You know, I mean, I was I was sitting out there in my backyard yesterday. I've been hot I, last year. I would hot spot on my phone and watch the games outside, and just sit in my backyard, have a few beers, and watch a Braves game. And uh-huh. it's like, man, four o'clock hits every day now, and I don't know what what to do with myself. So I, I think a lot of people are in that boat, and everybody be tuning in and enjoying it. It's it sucks, man. You got to get this out of the way, though. You got to get it out of the way and, and play some baseball for everybody. Okay, shifting gears here. The entire the athletic got a copy of that sixty seven page booklet that MLB sent to the union on Friday night that had covered all the specifics of the many, many proposed protocols about health and safety and the, for the resumption of spring training, which would be two or three weeks uh, uh, before season. It, and then it covers everything like travel, hotels, the the ballparks, everything, spring training, size of rosters. It's pretty exhaustive. Yeah. And there are some fairly radical proposals, as we probably yeah. should have expected, given the circumstances. These are unprecedented times. I just wanted to go over some of them and get your thoughts as a player, former player, about which ones, if any, make you go, whoa, that, that'll never happen. Or The few of them. Yeah. Okay. Go through them. Some of them are just basic stuff, not going to change anything. No lineup, no exchange of lineup cards. Who cares? New baseball, anytime a ball is put in play and touched by multiple players. That's uh, expensive. Yeah. There's yeah. like 12, 12 to fifteen dollar balls, but that's I, I mean they almost do that anyway. Yeah, they almost they, do it, anyway. You're right. If a ball even gets a scratch on it, you know, yep. I mean it's gone. Players wearing masks except for while on the field, stand and then standing six feet apart during the singing and the national anthem and God bless America, sitting six feet apart in the dugout and and if necessary, even in the stands. Uh, no shot. No shot. The mask. Well, wearing the mask, man. I right. mean, you gotta it, I, I walk around Fred Meyer right now, and I start running out of breath and wanting to take that thing off just to get it out of my face. If you're trying to get your your workout in and everything, and you got to be in the gym or wherever you're at wearing a mask, I just I don't see guys yeah. doing it. Um, and there's the basic one. Let's go into the deep into the weeds here, though, on some other ones. Testing, regular testing of all players, managers, coaches, and umpires, plus a limited number of essential staff members who come into close proximity with players. MLB will monitor developments and testing and attempt to use the latest or the least invasive and fastest methods commercially available without adversely impacting public health needs. 
that's important. A, yeah, that's big because they know how this has got to look, that they're not sponging up all the resources and tests available. Wow. Well, I've thought about that a lot, though. Like, how, yeah. how are we going to get these tests for baseball and the rest of the country right. can't get them and stuff like that? That's a bad look. If Well, they're, yeah, they're hoping for a lot of advancements between now and July 1st or 4th yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Vast majority of tests will be run on saliva collections through oral or nasal swab, though oral or nasal swabs might also be used at times. Blood samples will be taken less frequently for antibody testing. Okay. All players must undergo intake screening upon arriving at spring training. The screening will take place at multiple locations and at staggered times. It will consist of a temperature check with a contactless thermometer and body fluid and blood samples. Uh, and, fine. <laughs> individuals who are tested must self test who are tested must self quarantine at, at his or her spring training residence until the results of the testing are reported, likely within 24 or 48 hours. Any individual okay. who tests positive is instructed to self-quarantine and gets treated accordingly. All right. Asymptomatic individuals will undergo temperature checks and symptom screens at least twice daily. All This is at spring training. All individuals will undergo testing multiple times per week with testing results approximately available to approximately 24 hours, uh, with results taking approximately 24 hours to report. Okay. An individual with a temperature above 100 degrees Fahrenheit, other symptoms consistent with COVID-19, or in close contact with a confirmed case, is subject to immediate rapid diagnostic test at a location close to the club facility. That's the one I'm wondering about. Like, what is this rapid diagnostic test? And I don't know. Why don't? What about just doing that all the time? It's probably too expensive, or, or it yeah. goes into the resource area, but. It's, I mean, it's so complicated. Yeah, it is. Very. Logistics are crazy. Crazy complicated. Each club must maintain a dedicated testing area in its spring training site and MLB park, as well as a dedicated isolation area where an individual who develops symptoms or learns of a positive result can insul- can isolate pending relocation to home or medical facility. It sounds Jesus. like something futuristic, like some movie, it doesn't really it? It really does. <laughs> Uh, free diagnostic and antibody testing is available to individuals who live in the same household and healthcare workers or other first responders in the club's home cities as a public service. That's good. Each individual will conduct daily home screenings that include personal temperature check each morning. Clubs will provide thermometers. I don't know how long that's going to last. Yeah, I don't know how, how they enforce that, too. I mean... Before entering a club facility, individuals will get temperatures checked and complete a short symptom and exposure questionnaire. Every day? I guess so, yeah. And this is the stuff that I start thinking about, though. Like, people don't understand how convenient life is when you're a pro <laughs> athlete. You know, it's you don't like, even have to take your own bags. No, you don't even carry your own bags. The car washes at the field. It's got to cut you. Like, you get your hand. You yeah. get walked through life, and they just place you on the field. And your only thing you worry about in your entire day is throwing strikes or hitting, hitting the ball. And this is the stuff I watch, and I'm like, I don't – you know, yeah. if you – if you want to play, you got to shut up and do it. And it, it wouldn't be hard at all, you know, considering the circumstances. But some of these guys, man, I, I'm like, man, good luck getting them to to put up with this. The bitching and moaning is going to be at an all-time high. I think they'll do it, but I wouldn't want to be around some of the bitching and moaning that's going to happen with all these tests oh, yeah. and, and <laughs> protocol. Any individual who reports COVID-19 symptoms or temperature above 100 100- Oh, we already did that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, During we'll, a home we'll, screening, no. no. Yeah. Will not be permitted to enter a club facility and instead must immediately self-isolate and be directed to a team physician. Each club must develop procedures for isolating, transporting, testing, and treating individuals who display potential symptoms. Clubs must okay. take the following steps to minimize potential transmission. 
Identify all players and other employees who have had close contact and closely monitor them. Team physician may determine some or all of those who should get tested. Immediate cleaning and disinfecting of all club-controlled areas. Reinforce the importance of hygiene. Uh, Individuals who test positive must self-isolate with daily communication and remote care from the club medical staff, including follow-up testing. The the thing I've been thinking when I look at all this is, you know, like if you're going to be in the training room, if you're going to be in the facility at all, the there's always a line for the, you know, to get stretched out by a trainer or worked on by a trainer and, yeah. and how long all that's going to take now. Oh, yeah. You'd almost be better off just telling the guys to show up in uniform at 650 and, and just make sure they're prepared because you can't take batting practice. I don't even know if you could play catch with, as far as like sharing the ball and all that stuff. But there's so many hurdles. It'd almost be better just to say, look, just show up at 650 ready to play. Do whatever you got to do at home and just show up in your uniform like a little leaguer. We're not even going to use a facility. Uh, that's enough on testing. Just quick on spring training. This is some interesting stuff. Limited to 50 players per club. That's what we thought they would do. Expand a 40 man to 50, basically taxi squad is those extra players, um, beyond the, the, beyond the, what, probably a 30 man uh, active roster close to that. And then the others would be a taxi squad, uh, for clubs that conduct spring training at major league parks, workouts would be staggered, should be staggered throughout the day to avoid overcrowding. That's what I'm talking about. It makes it so hard. Yeah. When feasible clubs should consider the use of another facility, such as a nearby college or minor league stadium to conduct workouts or games on a split squad basis. The Braves are better equipped for this than any other team. As far as having spring training at Truist park and then having Gwinnett County right there. You could have 25 yeah. and 25 and then do your staggered thing. But, yeah, that staggered thing, that's going to be rough. That's a full well, that's day what I'm talking about. coaches it's, and trainers, right? The m- amount of time it takes to separate all that. Like if yeah. you want to have a guy take batting practice mm-hmm. and you can't have a group batting practice, I mean, you got 15 guys and they're going to take breaks. You know, you're not going to hit 45 mm-hmm. balls in a row swinging. So all of a sudden batting practice starts at, at 10 a.m., <laughs> And and you and you get through all that because you want to give guys a little time off before the game and whatnot. I mean, it turns into a five hour ordeal just to have everybody do their bullpens and all this stuff. I mean, it staggering it like that is it's so complicated. And everybody's in the same boat, but man, it sure can't help with like it's a good thing they've already had a month together because that's going to be tough to build like team camaraderie if the whole spring yeah. training was like this. Well, the, it's going to be a weird vibe in general, you yeah. know, doing all these things and standing this far apart and yeah. not being able to high five each other or eat together. I mean, it's really going to be just kind of business like and it, it's going to be weird. It, it's going to be really weird to watch. Reporting dates staggered with camp divided into three phases, individual and small group workouts consisting exclusively of pitchers and catchers divided into groups of five players or fewer and assigned different times and areas of the complex. Larger groups permitted for workouts and intra-squad games still staggered times throughout the day and a limited number of games. Yeah. <laughs> to, to address heat concerns, spring training games in Florida and Arizona would begin between 7 and 9 p.m. local time. Which is not that big a deal because that's when the se- when the season starts, that's when the games are anyway. Well, it's not a big – especially if it's a short spring training. Right. Well, it doesn't matter actually one bit. There you just do your games. stuff. Yeah. Except that means you're going to be working out midday. There aren't going to be many games though. But no. Yeah. I, if you're working out midday though in Arizona in June, it's fire. Yeah. <laughs> Four, you know, 2, 3 o'clock, it's going to be 100 – 112 every day. I'm not expecting a whole lot of teams to go out there to Arizona. No, I don't either. I think most teams are going to try to stay home unless they just are in cities where they just can't do it. New York and California might have to. Um, 
Four-person umpire crews would be used with the possibility of adding fifth, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Facility protocols. Facilities will be restricted to limited groups of essential personnel. This affects me here. Players and other on-field personnel. Other essential personnel who need close proximity to on-field personnel. This group includes clubhouse staff, ownership representatives, front office employees, public relations staff, and translators. Individuals who perform essential event services but do not require close contact with players and other on-field personnel. This group includes cleaning service providers, broadcast personnel, groundskeepers, transportation providers, up to 150 at any given time. There's nothing no mention in there of writers in case you missed that. <laughs> no. Well, are, I don't think you'd want to be, we're not gonna be, be asking questions to these guys after going through that day anyway. It'd be better just <laughs> yeah. to send them a text. <laughs> Zoom, man. That's what yeah. Zoom was created for, right? It'll be a Zoom conference after yep. every game probably and let all you guys in. Yep. Law enforcement, EMTs, and ambulance drivers, and government officials. Government officials. you got to have them there, right? <laughs> What's that about? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, minimum okay. standards will be maintained for cleaning and disinfecting. Processes will be in place for safely distributing meals, dietary supplements, and medicine. Communal water and sports drink coolers jugs are prohibited. Only personal water or individually prepared sports drink bottles or contactless water dispensers with disposable cups or should, should be used. Mm. That no, is whatever. How about this one? No spitting using smokeless tobacco and sunflower seeds in restricted areas. Any physical interaction such as high fives, fist bumps, and hugs must be avoided at club facilities. <laughs> that's this is where it's starting to get a little hairy. It's like that's there's no shot. How's that Especially, enforced? What I, mean, I, I don't, don't know. I what think is you the know, penalty? honestly, man, I think a lot of this stuff is just to protect the league in case there was yeah. something, you know, that, right. okay, well you you violated a rule. Yes. We but recommend guys aren't it. gonna Yeah. I you know, even the dip, I guess guys could have patches and things like that, but guys that dip every day, you can't just decide, you know, I'm gonna stop and go out there and, and try to feel good. They'll be they'll be a wreck. You know, and then you know, the high fives and fist bumps and hugs I can't imagine walking by my teammates every day and just saying hi to them. It's it's always some kind of hug or high five or fist bump or something. I mean, not even a fist bump. Jeez, man, you're gonna be yeah elbow bump. I guess I don't know. Uh, The bow increased. (laughs) Yeah, increased availability of hand washing and hand sanitizing stations. Blah blah blah. Players and other on-field personnel should wash or sanitize their hands after each half inning or the handling of equipment. Good luck. Uh, yeah, you're going to wash off that pine tar? <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, I mean, that stuff hard. That, that stuff's hard to get off. You're not going to take it off and put it back on multiple times a day. No, it's on for the night. You know, it's, yeah. Prado used to have that stuff on him just all over him, cake for days. It was like, <laughs> dude, on an off day, he could have to spend the whole day showering just to get it all off. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, where possible. Oh, man. How about this one? Where possible, clubs will make efforts to reduce the density of individuals, discouraging discourage gatherings, and promote physical distancing. And individuals should spend as little time indoors as possible. Meetings mm. will take place virtually when possible. If they take place in person, they should preferably be outdoors with participants sitting apart from each other and wearing face coverings when possible. Okay. Here, here how about this one? I don't know nope. how this is feasible here. Lockers should be six feet apart. <laughs> if not possible, clubs should erect erect temporary clubhouse or locker facilities in unused stadium space, preferably outdoors or in areas where with increased ventilation. 
That won't be hard. This is always there's always a ton of extra auxiliary clubhouses and different stuff like that. You could even put lockers out in the hall. Out, you know, to it's just yeah, outdoors isn't happening. Outdoor showers like the beach, man. Yeah. <laughs> Showering will be discouraged at club facilities. And this is why I say that's right there why I say guys should just show up at seven o'clock. Because <laughs> you you don't want to I mean you some of these guys, man, by five o'clock after taking BP, and you're like, dude, you got a shower, or I'm you're quitting drive, baseball. You drive home in their uni, just dripping sweat. Stop. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, will that be kind of cool though? You pull up at a gas station, see Mike Trout for uni filling up on his way to the game, filthy and sweating and stinking. <laughs> yeah, but then he can't do that because again, you'd be in contact with other people. Yeah, you better yeah, make I'd sure see- your gas tank's full. I think it'll just be showering, like you know, like one guy at a time or something like that. But that's all it's the stuff I'm saying. It's like facilities, man. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. The use of indoor batting cages is discouraged when hitting outdoors is an option. Hitters are encouraged to use batting gloves, and batting practice pitchers are encouraged to wear masks. Okay. Gaddis, man, it's a good thing he retired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gaddis wear no batting gloves. Gaddis. He didn't. Gaddis. Impenetrable. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of guys with that mindset coming in. That's the hard part is, is you're used to guys doing whatever they want, and you're going to have to start telling them what to do. Pitchers will use a personal – how about this one? Pitchers will use a personal set of baseballs during bullpen sessions and separate balls to demonstrate pitching grips or mechanics. What? I Yeah. To, just to demonstrate it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. If that's if the coach is showing you or you're showing somebody something, you know, or yeah, who are you, dem- coach who are to, you demonstrating? You can't it hand the ball. That's in. It's saying you can't hand the ball to a coach to be like, you know, move your finger here. The coach has to have his own ball. You're going to have your own balls in a box. Eric's yeah. balls. <laughs> Carrying them around. <laughs> Jesus. Only necessary players will be in dugouts. Inactive players may sit in auxiliary seating areas, including adjacent in-stadium seating to maximize physical distancing. Dugout phones will be disinfected disinfected after each use. Here's here's Mm. one. Group dining is discouraged. Buffet and communal food spreads are prohibited. Meals must be distributed in individually packaged containers or bags in takeout form. Mm. Okay. Whatever. Here's one. Uses of saunas, steam rooms, hydrotherapy pools, and cryotherapy chambers are prohibited. Yeah, a lot of guys use that stuff too. Mm-hmm. It it can when you're banged up, man, it can help a lot. But that's the type of stuff, you know, not having trainers, not having saunas or or um, you know, like at least the the hot tubs and stuff or cold tubs to kind of recover. Yeah. It's yeah. it's guys are gonna be really having to adapt, obviously. And you know, you shouldn't you just do it. If you're playing, you just do all this stuff and shut up because yeah. there's so much going on. But, uh, you know, not a lot of guys are going to take that approach. A um, few other things here. On-field operations. Changes to rules for the 2020 season are pending. There's another one. He leaves wide open anything. Uh, rather than an exchange of lineup cards, lineups will be put into an application. <laughs> Okay. I, bet I bet they'll decide to stick with that if it works. If they're like, yeah. oh, what do we need to walk out there with a lot of cards for anyway? Another tradition gone by the wayside. When the yeah, ball is like out that. of, yeah, when they send somebody out, though, you know, that's one of those ceremonial things. A lot of times you send somebody yeah. out. When the ball is out of play or in between pitches, fielders are encouraged to retreat several steps away from the base runner. 
It's not happening. No, I should. God, you're gonna be have to have that hammer home all the time but to remember I, it. No, it's just this is all just stuff to protect. You know, it's like legal stuff. Like if you if a first baseman got it from a, yeah. a base runner, you'd be yeah. like, well, he's look, he didn't retreat yeah. far enough. You know, I mean, it feels like all just kind of legal. I wash. Legal protection. Yeah, I Catchers wash. are permitted to step on the grass toward the mound to give signs if he needs to stand to relay signs to infielders. Okay. Non-playing personnel must wear masks at all times in the dugout. Okay. That's spitting do is, that. again, spitting is prohibited. They're big on the spitting, dude. It's There's a happen. whole lot of spitting in baseball. That's a tough habit to break. A whole lot of spitting. A tough habit to break. Travel, travel. Teams should control their environments as much as possible. Use of public transportation and individual private transportation, rideshare services like Lyft and Uber, is discouraged whenever yeah, possible. I, uh, Go ahead. I saw that, though, the, the rideshare and Uber thing. And, I, you know, I guess you could just buses rent every everywhere. player a car, but that's expensive. And buses everywhere. Yeah, but they don't want, you know, you're going to have, then you have 25 guys on a bus. Yeah, that's true. You're gonna have to have like in, in four buses. Quarters. Yeah, four buses. Would, yeah, each deck a row of seats. Six feet apart. Yeah, that's tough. Uh-huh. Teams should control their environments. Uh let's see. Whenever possible, teams are to fly into smaller airports. The league's desire is for airlines to assign fixed airline crews rather than rotate crews in and out. I mean they've they kinda already do that. They're covering everything. Yeah, yeah. They fly into small ones whenever you can, right? Always. Yeah, always. And it's it's you usually have kind of, you know, the same um, mm-hmm. The same airline crew, anyway. Four Especially or five ladies Delta, are pretty cool. But I think most yeah. teams do that too. But most teams do. do. While players will not be officially quarantined, uh, members of the traveling party are not to leave the hotel unless they receive advance approval from team personnel. The only people permitted to visit players' rooms are immediate family members. Socializing with other family members or friends is discouraged, but not entirely prohibited. Yeah, I mean, you can't just say you can't do it, but it, I don't know, man. I mean, guys don't do as much as they used to, and they'll have video games and shit in their room. They'll get by, but it's I, you can't control it. Some of these guys are going to go out or go see people or do something. They want a bubble without the bubble. Yeah. On the road, the players should essentially isolate at hotels with precautions such as prohibition. Prohibition on buffet-style meals in place. Luggage will be sent directly to players' rooms to avoid extra touch prints, and players will not need to return a key or visit the front desk upon checkout. Meal money should be delivered to players in a form other than cash. That's that's fine. But none of that's, I mean, I guess, you know, that's kind of stuff everybody already does anyway, except the meal money thing. Mm. At teams' home cities and in spring training cities, players can stay at their desired locations as long as they follow best practices, such as avoiding public areas. Okay. MLB plans to develop a COVID-19 education program that all team employees will need to complete before returning to work. Players and umpires are to go through the program as well. So there it is. It's pretty exhaustive, and there's a whole lot more stuff, too, but that's just the high points. I mean, they've, to their credit, they've covered all the all their bases, it seems like. They have Man. to. Yeah. Man, it's going to be tough. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be just the logistics of trying to do this. It just shows how badly they want to do this and how much money is involved. Yeah, and with with players too, it's you got to go out there and just you just shut up and do yeah. it. You know, it's 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 really it's going to be really inconvenient, and and everybody's going to have to change their routine. And you're going to hear a lot about that and guys struggling with with this and that. But you know, with everything going on, you just shut up and do it. You do everything on that list and. 
to the best you can and, and you just go play baseball. And, and I think a lot of guys, maybe after sitting at home for two or three months, will be pretty happy to go through it too. Yeah. Cause you're going to, and you're going to, if you do and you, you bitch publicly, you're going to look like a prima donna. Like an asshole. Right? Yeah. You're going to be like, dude, you got to shut up and do this thing. If you're doing it, once the commitment yeah. is made by the union, you shut up and do it. But there's obviously going to be some guys. The private, grumbling behind closed doors will oh, be at an all time high. So much bitch in private. Yeah. <laughs> I would hate yeah. to be one of those people that are trying to take these temperatures and all this stuff. I mean, they're just going to get it all day, I think. I mean, you should hear a bus when it gets stuck at the gate, you know, <laughs> at the airport. It's like a six-minute delay, and they're screaming at everybody. You know, it's it's you're never, ever, ever inconvenienced, and anytime you are, it's this huge deal. And now their entire day is going to be full of it. So, yeah, that publicly they shouldn't say anything, though. I guess the only the only silver lining is once you get back to something resembling the pre COVID nineteen normal, guys are really going to appreciate the if they didn't already the conveniences that they have and the luxury. That's usually that's usually how you do it. You know, yeah. if you get sent down to the minor leagues, you get back yeah. to the big leagues. It's pretty awesome. You know, yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think they can pull it off and do it. It's just a matter of really just cranking out the negotiation and seeing who who box first. Yeah, and especially if the owners give a little bit on this demand to take uh, pay cuts. I mean, you might. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? I don't think anybody knows, and I think the other side's just going to wait for the other side to blink. But yeah, you know, it's just it's so ugly that it's happening in the public. You know, in, in the public eye like this. All right. Well, we're going to do this again on Friday. Hopefully, we'll have a guest uh, that we've got. We're trying to line up and. Uh, and hopefully there'll be something to discuss as far as some progress in this. But who knows? I mean, I would say they've only got about three weeks of a window, if that, probably closer to two. To if they if they plan to have a three week spring training in June and then open the season around July fourth. I mean, you're talking about. You, otherwise, you'd have to push the whole thing back a week or two if you don't get that done in the next couple of weeks. I would think. Well, it's like, but it's like you know when you go through arbitration as a player, teams sometimes won't budge until five minutes before yep. the deadline. And that's, that's probably, I mean, that's probably how this thing will play out. If they got two weeks, you'll hear in 13 days. Yeah. Other, and other, up until that point, they're just going to, they're going to battle. I'm sure owners have a date in mind and they're like, well, we don't, don't worry until we get to this date because in the end, if we have to really give, we will, because we, we want, we don't want to lose billions. (laughs) Yeah. But you got to hope so. We'd rather lose 2 billion than 4 billion by their, by their estimates. Yeah. All right, that's it. 7.55 is real. We'll be back, and uh, hopefully we'll have some good stuff to talk about Friday.